Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the TV Pilot's License number 6 with service to Melmac. We ask that you please fasten your headphones at this time and secure your podcasting device. And make sure to have your cats safely stowed away from the alien life forms while we are in flight. <laughs> welcome to the TV Pilot's oh. License. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Jeff Kerbis, joined by Max Singer and Rich Inman. How are you boys doing today? Oh, I am delightful. I am absolutely delightful. This is pure 80s schlock we're about to talk about. I am so excited. Uh, I am feeling hairy, heavy, and talkative, so let's do it. Oh, let's crack goodness. a Coors. Let's let's crack a Coors and do this. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had a Coors to crack right now. But for those who could not tell by the intro today, we are talking about the late '80s classic known as Alf. Uh, hey. you, can, you can find <laughs> Alf on uh, Amazon Prime, Roku, YouTube, Pluto, as well as um, you know Peacock if you choose to do so and, and want a subscription. We recommend you watch the pilot episode on all of those to really get the full <laughs> ALF experience. Just like the late 80s, ALF is everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely, it is. Um, well, with that intro to what we'll be talking about, for those who've never listened to our podcast before, maybe they haven't heard the previous five episodes, Max, what is the TV Pilot's License all about? So we are a podcast that analyzes the pilot episodes of famous and infamous TV shows from throughout the years. We break down what made them successful, if they are successful, what we like, and whether or not we can recommend to keep watching them. Uh, if you haven't listened yet, you can find us on all major streaming platforms. Go back. They're a lot of fun. Uh, and if it's your first time, welcome aboard. And Rich, you know, Alf, we're going to get into it, but any <laughs> oh boy, major any major questions that are sort of on your mind after watching that show i have one uh and whose idea was this that's my question <laughs> whose who's, who's idea was this and i don't mean who came up with the show i don't mean what network greenlit this i don't mean what spinoff this is from or what writer's room allowed for this to happen whose idea was this for for us to cover it on the podcast and someone tell me fucking why (laughs) (laughs) well i can plead the fifth as i agreed to this topic but yeah this is all me this is all me (laughs) (laughs) okay max all right all right uh before before we even like start with the cold open for this why on earth did you choose elf and and what connection do you have to the show so this is the oldest pilot that we've done so far on this show and it's just such a cultural phenomenon alf mania was such a real thing in the late well i have heard that alf is back and in pog form (laughs) (laughs) i can't believe it took us six episodes to make a simpsons reference on this podcast you will Um, never hear another episode without one yeah, for those at home, uh, feel free to take a drink every time Rich and I make a Simpsons <laughs> reference from here on out. Um, no, it's just like there are shows that just take over pop culture, whether or not they're huge ratings hits or not. And Alf is one of those shows where like it was everywhere. This was a character that made cameo appearances on other TV shows. There were like records that alf made and sang Uh, like it's just it's such a crazy thing to think about 
in this day and age that I thought it'd be really interesting to go back and figure out why. <laughs> I, I think the closest thing that I can compare this to is really... Um... God, do you remember the Island Boys from like a couple months oh, yeah. ago? Yeah, it was like it was huge for no reason, and it was it permeated the culture for a very short period of time, a lot shorter than Elf. Elf persists uh, to this day, uh, and <laughs> still Elf persists. Um, <laughs> um, and I just really don't know why. Like I I don't understand number one the island boys at all and or what what appeals about them but also why it became a thing but i guess we'll get into that after this pilot we'll see why it became such a cultural phenomenon yeah it's definitely something you know this was my first time watching elf as well uh and going into the show we're going to talk a lot about it but i went in with a curiosity of i knew without seeing a second of this pilot i could draw what elf looked like right uh, they so pu- aptly put it in the show that it's a mix of an aardvark and a dog. Um, so that's just good writing. <laughs> that that's just that's just a plus writing right there. Uh, but it was really eye opening to see what this was, and we'll get into it. But for those who are curious about a synopsis of Alf. A furry alien wise guy comes to live with the Tanner family after crashing into their garage. The Tanner family is an average American family. One day, they discover that they have a visitor. He's small, he's furry, he's arrogant, and he's an alien from the planet Melmac. Now, Max, that definitely, this is one of the few and rare times, I will note, that the synopsis matches what we watched. Yep, that is definitely the episode. (laughs) But... I'd love to hear a little bit more about how this show came to be. Absolutely. So we're going to take it back to a little time called the early 1980s. (laughs) Guys, it's like I'm there. Uh, So Alf is a triple hander to get this show to air. Um, We're going to start off with a guy named Paul Fusco. Fusco is a puppeteer and ventriloquist, ladies, uh, who (laughs) has uh, this kind of rise to like mild fame he films a couple of tv specials for hbo and showtime in the early 80s uh they're called the crown of bog and the valentine's day that almost wasn't which rich to make other simpsons reference when i found that out all i could think of was the christmas that almost wasn't but then, but then was. it was <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, two drink. drinks <laughs> two drinks oh god uh just for, for reference to this time, uh, early 80s, Muppets are, like, absolutely massive. We've had a few movies at this point. The TV show's been a big success. Um, and so there's definitely, like, a wave of puppeteers who are kind of riding off of that trail. What a time. Um, so Fusco ends up getting an audition with this producer and manager named uh, Bernie Brillstein. Mm-hmm. And... Brillstein is a talent agent who becomes a manager and producer with a group called the Brillstein Company. He ends up producing a lot of like variety and sketch shows in the 1970s, including Hee Haw, uh, the original Muppet Show, and Saturday Night Live. Uh, At one point, he's managing Dan Aykroyd, Gilda Radner, Martin Short, John Belushi, Lorne Michaels, and Jim Henson all at the same time. Yeah, so like. The Big Five? Brillstein (laughs) is super responsible for this boom in like variety show 
TV series at this point. Uh, he's originally kind of hesitant to even hear out Fusco's audition because he's worked with Henson for years. He thinks there's no one better. He doesn't really want to take on another puppeteer. He's uh, right. Fusco brings this character that he's been working on named Alf, and he blows away Brillstein. Brillstein thinks that this has TV show potential, and he recruits this guy, Tom Patchett, to write a pilot. Uh, Patchett wrote for sitcoms like The Bob Newhart Show and The Carol Burnett Show, but more importantly for our context, he also wrote The Great Muppet Caper and Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh, hell So yes. if anybody knows how to write broad comedy for puppets, it's Tom Patchett. Um, uh, I, ahead, will, I will say, too, that like um, talking about Bernie Brillstein... Um, uh, you know, I, I, for one of my birthdays, I think it was like 14 or something, I I begged for the first season DVDs of Saturday Night Live. And boy, is watching them compared to the current format of the show extra weird. They did not know what to do with the hosts. Uh, Muppets were a huge part of that first season of SNL. I they should would still have never be. thought about it. Yeah, yeah. They, I bring Jim Henson back. What's he up to? Uh, <laughs> Surprise for this season. No Pete Davidson, only Muppets. Only Muppets. I, I would love it. Only Muppets and Pete Davidson. Yeah. <laughs> Pete Davidson's characters are only played by Muppets the entire season, and no one says anything about it. Uh, but getting back to that. how this show gets developed. So, because of Brillstein's connections with the NBC network, they end up getting a meeting with NBC Entertainment president Brandon Tartikoff, who that's a name that I have a feeling is going to pop up on this show more than once in episodes to come. Uh, he was the head of NBC from 1981 to 1991, a position he took over at the age of 32. That's insane. So, That's insane. He's also responsible for like like some of the best NBC shows. He's responsible yeah, for Cheers. So, so he takes That's over amazing. NBC when the network's in last place in the ratings. Carson's threatening to leave and go to ABC. SNL's original cast is all left and the show's in flux. And he just starts taking these risks on kind of outside-the-box concept TV shows that weren't really seen on network at this time. Uh, and he's also super involved in their creation and production, but, like, actually in a good way. Um, in the first few years before ALF premieres, he's responsible for Hill Street Blues, Family Ties, The Cosby Show, Cheers, Golden Girls, Miami Jesus. Vice, Knight Rider, The A-Team, St. Elsewhere, and Night Court. And he's going to do a ton more after ALF, too, in those last couple years he's there. Um, so Tartikoff <laughs> basically just, so much more after Alf. So they they pitch Alf to Tartikoff. He loves the idea. No, and Max. In uh, September twenty second, nineteen eighty six, we get to our episode. Max, would you say that these puppeteers pulled some strings with Brandon Tartikoff? Oh, <laughs> oh no! Oh God! So hold for applause. You're really sticking hold. your hands where they don't belong, Rich. <laughs> so hold for applause. So not only do we now have a Simpsons drinking game, but I think we have to have a Tartikoff <laughs> drinking game as well anytime we mention him. Um, but thank you so much for that rundown, Max. I think it's only appropriate that we go and crash right into the episode. Oh, phrasing. Oh, A. Um, and let's start off with something that we found in the first 10 seconds of the episode, but was nowhere else within the remainder of the episode and mm. we got a narration and i wrote this down because i was just like this is an odd moment to me this <laughs> is the way it began that extraordinary night the night that he came and you, you know whose voice that was god 
<laughs> that, All right. That, yeah, because go for the it, actors, Because the actors are frozen in place during that little bit of VO, did anybody else think that their stream was lagging? Yes, 100%. <laughs> I mean, I did watch it uh, like on YouTube, so 100%. I had to wait, re- wait, 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 wait. Chef took the time to list like 17 streaming services that carry out. YouTube like, is the first one that came up. <laughs> Give money to Google. That's a uh, friend of the pod, Google. <laughs> Max, I had to rewatch the same Clarendon commercial three times because I kept on thinking the stream was lagging. So it's, I'm going, it's going great right now. But we find our, one of our main characters. Uh, it was Willie Tanner, played by Max Wright, uh, whom some folks might know from WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, um, which we'll I, absolutely be doing the pilot you know, of. Is it, a, is it a rule that sitcom families have to be named Tanner? <laughs> Wait, what's the other? Full House. Yeah. Oh. And they me. came out relatively around the same. I don't like watch a any couple TV. of years apart. Yeah. Okay, so is this the same Tanner family? Like, is Danny Tanner a cousin of Willie Tanner? Are we supposed I, to believe that? Well, they both live in California, so we have to assume that they are sort of in some form of the same universe. So I Alf think we found does, a fuller house. Alf does exist in the Full House universe. This is breaking news. Please tell your nearest universe. Tell your you nearest family it, member. <laughs> Jesus. So where even are are we on? <laughs> are, yeah, we made it yeah, past the first ten seconds. Uncle Joey and Alf in a room together. <laughs> because Brandon Tartikoff, do I have a pitch for you? Cut it out, y'all. So, <laughs> let's, um, but we are introduced to Willie Tanner, who has a concerning amount of equipment in his garage, trying yeah. to find extraterrestrial a unibomber uh, level of equipment. Yeah, like, and his wife is just hanging out with him, seems to be perfectly fine with it in the moment, um, until we start hearing the first messages from extraterrestrial extraterrestrial life. Um, it turns out to be the title character of the show Alf uh, who then crashes into the garage and here's a question for you (laughs) neither of Rich nor myself have seen Alf before ever neither have I oh perfect Max (laughs) here's here's my question for you I picked the show on vibes (laughs) (laughs) what were the vibes crashing through a roof it gives me 80s coke dream. Um, so my question for both of you is, how big did you think Alf was before you saw this show or you saw him exit the spaceship? I would guess no more than knee height. Yeah, I, would... I, I, I thought maybe like three and a half to four feet tall. So yeah. I guess I'm the outlier in thinking that Alf was at least five or six feet tall. Oh, you thought he was like big bird size? <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought we were going in terrifying. with a full terrifying Alf, like eating cats. We'll get to the eating cats bit. But eating cats just very gracefully, not like consuming like a boa constrictor. Uh, <laughs> but But from this crash landing, we see Alf hit the glass of his spaceship. And then we get... The opening credits and ooh, are they wacky? And did they give me that warm, <laughs> sentimental feeling of the God, late eighties, early nineties? I love an eighties synthesizer. I love smooth eighties keys so much. 
Yeah, I, I you you also get in the before they even mention it in the show that he has a fascination in cats, but they don't explain what it is until later on. So they just tease that he's going to eat cats. I can't believe that the opening credits for a show just featured him like creeping on the mom in a bath towel in the shower. And like that's That's gonna be in every episode. That comes up twice. (laughs) There were a lot of things that happened in that opening credits that I just thought like, oh, it's supposed to be wacky. Alf is like, we're getting the first signs that he may be a menace because he just takes the video camcorder and uh, walks around the house and introduces us to all of the Tanner family. Um, but it did give that nice feeling of like, oh, wow, this is reminds me, at least I'm going to use the M word as a millennial of oh. the TV that I grew up on. Um, and that wasn't the worst thing in the world. But as soon as the credits end, we are brought into the home and I was immediately concerned. I don't know about either of you, but would you bring an alien life form into your home without question or would you call the authorities what would your response be we're, we're given a pretty good-natured view of how this family is going to end up like you know as <laughs> first of all okay so the mom her immediate thought is please don't get any of my house dirty <laughs> no, nothing, <laughs> nothing about the dad's asking if it's radioactive if it's diseased if it could like harm everyone in the house if it, it was like had a bloodlust or was hunting human beings and then the mom immediately is like do not put that on my sofa that's such like an 80s family stereotype <laughs> i huge, do huge ha- man already i do have in my notes uh some of the ways that they choose to describe alf i also think could be a great name for a sex tape uh they oh, have no it's hairy uh Uh they also have it's heavy it's hairy and it talks Uh, (laughs) i think both of those great names if you're trying to do that alf uh cinematic universe extension um but if they were ever gonna do uh, a documentary series on uh on judd apatow i am hoping that's what they would call it (laughs) it's heavy it's hairy and it talks that's right (laughs) While they're discussing what to do with Alf, I'm a really big fan of the choice to just cut to a fisheye lens for Alf coming to. I have that in my notes. Does Alf just see in fisheye? Because he that sure is does. horrifying. All also, if I've do. seen like a random fisheye shot in a multicam too often. Is he technically a fish? Mm, that's is, a great question. Is he, is he a fish on his home planet? We do know that Alf is fluent in english to an extent that is very concerning and (laughs) for some reason has an accent that comes from somewhere and i'm putting my hand over the northeast of the united states Uh, (laughs) yeah alp's voice is very like oh we sure had some characters in the old neighborhood (laughs) he's from the faraway planet of new jersey the show really depends on you to suspend your disbelief to think that Oh, what a privilege to be an American in the sense that any alien that's dropping onto your garage is coming from Melmac is going to be <laughs> speaking English to you no matter what. So don't you worry. You don't need a translation guide. You don't need anything. Please just go ahead and speak your language. They're definitely going to come through. Also, they did say the name within the first two minutes after the opening credits. They said alien life form, explained it, and then said an ALF. 
Um, but the thing that I found really odd is once Alf is called Alf, he just sort of is like, okay, that's my name. Cool. I'll be responding to that from now on. Rather even than though he anyone. knows that's not his name. Yeah, even though we do come to find out his name. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Yeah, we're not spoiling that in the first act. Oh, no, you have to watch this entire podcast or listen to it. And, you know, he's coming right out of the gate with just these smart Alec remarks. This guy's just gone through some real trauma. He's been hurtling through space. He's crash-landed. He's shaken up. I'd imagine he's a little bit frightened. And they, they say that Alf seems so human. He's like, hey, no need for name-calling, which I love. <laughs> That's such a great... Okay, so there is... I remember what I was going to say. Uh, there is a uh, a trope of, like, 70s and 80s sitcoms where it's like, hey, all these kids have these crazy one-liners. How come all these kids write, like, 45-year-old Jewish comedy writers? <laughs> and that is 100% Alf. The, this guy sounds... Uh, this person sounds like uh, like literally a stand-up from, from New York. Yeah, Alf's home planet. Everyone is a middle-aged club comic. <laughs> He's 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 catch a dickery, falling star. Dickery doc. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we definitely know that Mrs. Tanner is against having this thing. This Jeff, we're, we're all adults. You can call her Kate. Yeah, we can call. <laughs> uh, you know what? I I've we're been familiar told, with her now. I've been told that with uh, folks who are older than myself, I come off as quiet. Um, so we're gonna shout out to Ricky. Uh, yeah, we're going friend of the pod. So Kate is definitely against having Alf in the home, uh, and we'll refer to Alf as Alf until we give his actual chosen name. Um, Keep listening, folks. But <laughs> Willie, uh, Willie Tanner is very much. Alf seems like the friend he's never had. He's sympathizing with Alf. He's like, oh my goodness. Alf, you're understanding my issues too. We have to keep you until if he's too burdensome, we have to get rid of you. Um, Kate agrees. We cut to the next scene, um, which I can only say was slightly concerning for myself. What did you guys <laughs> think about uh, Kate waking up in bed with an alien life form? Oh, Alf in the bed. That's classic comedy 101 right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, start every improv scene with that um so okay they definitely didn't explain why he's in the bed so i'm when they cut open to that scene i was like okay how did he become such a is he a dog to them what is happening did he immediately just dive in well you two both have animals i'm the only one on this podcast without a pet don't they just sometimes end up in your bed yeah absolutely but not one that talks well and you have to wonder how they what they're doing with the cat because they have a cat named Lucky, Alf exclaims that he's hungry and oh, asks yeah. them if they have a cat to eat. And a good substitute is cat food cat in food. a can because Which it's makes good no roughage. Sense. The, the transition makes, no makes, yeah, no sense whatsoever. I mean, I guess it's the equivalent to we or a lot of us will eat beef and some of us will eat wheat and corn. So maybe that's the transition. I was trying to do the math myself. But not too sure of it. Yeah, I that would be that would be the same. Uh, that would be the equivalency of like wanting to catch a fish just to eat a worm. I don't understand why. <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> why he would ever just be down for cat food. He could literally eat anything. Then, so first of all, 
I mean, very nice of them to to immediately offer cat food. But his mom goes for one last little dig and says, this person's not welcome. This alien life form uh, is not welcome by saying, you can have the dented cat food can. (laughs) (laughs) A, a A real stick in the craw for Alf. So one of this episode's highlights does come after we see Alf ending up in the bed. Um, and it's the bathroom scene uh, with <laughs> Willie Tanner and Alf. And if you were to tell me before I watched this episode, oh, you're really going to enjoy this scene where a three-foot-high puppet is being a pain in the ass to a man, middle-aged man who's just trying to take a shower and get ready for his day. I would have told you you're full of shit, but boy, <laughs> boy, did it give me a few giggles. I'm a really big fan of just Alf being abused by human technology, by which I mean uh, toilets and eyeglasses. <laughs> he seems to understand a lot of other concepts like television, but it's the eyeglass thing that uh, that really threw him for a loop. Yeah, the, the continuity on this show raises some questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's a superior alien life form. They have no macular degeneration where he's from. They did do a good job, though, of uh, making fun of the script itself, which I did like, um, especially with Mrs. Akmonic, uh, who... Oh, it sounds like a typo. <laughs> sounds like a typo, and I was just like, great. Um, Mrs. Akmonic plays, but played by Liz Sheridan, whom you might know as Jerry Seinfeld's mom Yeah, Seinfeld, um, was very Seinfeld. happy to see Seinfeld. her. Um, I know, this is like her last role before having that extremely popular one this is like one of the last things she did before she kind of like really blew up everyone on the show like really ran through the gamut of tv sitcoms and stuff like that like every single one was on like you know uh any any show you could possibly imagine from the 70s and 80s but yeah she really blew up after this and i'm super proud of her i did want to touch on one thing because in this bathroom scene uh, you get the most disturbing realization that I've had so far, uh, which is uh, Alf is not a hand puppet. You see the feet actively moving, which begs the question, is this a marionette or is there a child inside? I'll get to everything. <laughs> oh, thank God. No, I need this. This is my biggest reveal that I've had that I've needed to the, my number one question that I've needed to answer since when I asked you why the fuck are we doing the show? <laughs> Let's get through the rundown of the plot and I will explain everything for you, Rich, I promise. Thank God. And uh what tune into our YouTube so you can see the visualizations of how Max is going to explain Alf. Yeah, we're gonna have a live demonstration. Um as soon as Alf and Willie Tanner are done in the bathroom. Um, Alf says he needs to have a spaceship repaired in order to leave the family alone, which Kate is very much for. She wants to get rid of him. They go to the garage, uh, and for some reason, Alf is not helping Willie at all with this space age technology <laughs> that Willie just supposedly knows how to do and we're supposed Willie's to Willie's just generic scientist which also is mechanic and like aeronautical engineer. I do yeah, want to know what Mr. Fixit type. I want to know what his degree is in because he could very much be a chemical engineer and then it's just like, "Oh yeah, you know how to do all engineering." And I feel like uh, that really hits hard for all my engineering folks out there. Uh, <laughs> Shout out. Who, Friends of the pod. But, yeah, ab- absolutely. <laughs> our largest demographic of our podcast engineers. is just engineers. The number one engineering <laughs> podcast. Suck at how things work. 
Um, so <laughs> <laughs> and enemies of the pod. But as we're watching Willie try to fix the uh, fix the spaceship, um, we get a nice scene with Lynn Tanner, uh, the daughter of the Tanner, Tanner family. Um, Alf says if she knows the track that they're listening to because they can win a Porsche. Uh, which what radio station is just giving away okay. a Porsche? Doesn't doesn't understand glasses. Doesn't understand eyeglasses. Doesn't understand a toilet. Has to understands the value of a Porsche and knows what it is and knows what a car is. Yeah, a, a character who less than two minutes ago bunched up an entire roll of toilet paper to help dry off Willie Tanner now understands the logistics of a radio call in contest. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a Bruce the, the, reference. Oh gosh. We but, start getting into like Alf one liner territory though, where where uh Lynn responds that the song is born in the USA and Alf just goes, hey, no wonder I didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> but Alf just at this point in time, we definitely get the feeling that Alf does or since we only watched the pilot watching one episode i can see how alf is like bringing joy to um the some of the tanner family not kate at this moment in time while also being an absolute pain in the ass and it's really exemplified in the next scene uh, which i can only describe as alf committing a crime sort of um, <laughs> about him, him and brian hanging out in the couch yeah, watching it, sesame street well, one, it was really nice to see a wooden television set. I haven't seen one of those in many, many years. So I definitely, I don't know if you guys had one when you were a kid, but oh, I have to do more, we'll have to do more 80s TV pilots for you, Jeff. Yes, Absolutely. just for me, because I definitely want a wooden TV set. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I love, first of all, love that they're watching Sesame Street together. Uh, they have gone, they have completely removed any fear of Alf being radioactive or diseased or angry or anything like that and now they're cuddled up on the couch watching sesame street together and uh and i think they did a pretty great job uh getting him to understand the alphabet and yeah. absolutely roasting another show about puppets in the process <laughs> with, with brian asking alf if he uh oh was it do you get sesame street where you live and it's like no well, frankly i don't get it here either <laughs> Just absolutely destroying puppets. Like, they take a dig at E.T. in this, oh, yeah. which came out uh, in 1982, so that was still really hot at the time of this pilot. They take a dig at Sesame Street. Like, Paul Fusco is sparing no expense. He's taken every single puppet alive at this pilot. <laughs> yeah, the reason that Alf didn't last past uh, 103 episodes is because Tom Patchett wanted to talk about the... Uh, suffered from extreme radiation over four years and what that does to the body <laughs> and it was a little bit too dark for the folks at nbc but hey that would have played right now um <laughs> but as soon as um kate sees them just enjoying television like two children um and alf says he's parched uh she starts treating alf like a child um, which I found was a very interesting um, change in, okay, you're in our house, we're going to first treat you like you're a pet, then we're going to treat you like you're an adult, now we're going to treat you like a child, 
Yeah, come and, on, Kate. And Alf starts to show his age and his continuing understanding of <laughs> the human experience by grabbing a beer for himself and grabbing a beer for the six-year-old Brian uh, and saying, hey, it's not pop, it's beer. And this Just actually, guys being dudes. So yeah. this scene actually caused a little bit of controversy too. I don't know if you guys have anything on this, but uh, the censors for, uh, for the network actually did want to remove this scene from the actual air. I don't know if they did, and this is just what the, uh, the recording afterwards, but they're like... We absolutely cannot have, and and this is when we start learning how impressionable kids are when they start watching TV shows. Because uh, there was actually a moment, and I found this on the Wikipedia page, uh, they were worried that this would have the eating cats portion would have too much of an impact on children, because one kid tried to put his cat in the microwave after watching the show. Yeah, uh, and I know that the um, the scene of Brian having a beer and just like Alf making references to drinking was pretty controversial. Uh, Paul Fusco was having none of that shit though. And I found a quote of his <laughs> where addressing the controversy, he says, Alf is 285 years old. He's allowed to have a beer. <laughs> and they, and they did make very clear that like, Oh, uh, you know, the other one was completely full. Like the, the, the Brian's beer was still very full. He never actually had any, which is upsetting because I wanted to see some gritty, realistic kids kid holding a beer can is funny. It is funny to take a photo of a small child holding a beer. We do not condone underage drinking on this podcast, but it is funny well. <laughs> for photo purposes. Yeah, I have a great photo of a friend of mine. It was, I think their little brother was like seven or eight years old when we were at a restaurant, passed out on a table, and we just put a beer bottle <laughs> or a uh, wine bottle in between his arms. It was uh, funny yeah. in 1986. It's funny now. Yeah. I feel like everyone who grew up in the 80s or 90s, there is a baby photo of you at some point where you're asleep and an older relative put like a liquor or wine bottle next to you to be like, hey, oh. But it's also like a rite of passage for someone who's younger, like a small child, to be told by an older adult, like, oh, hey, go and grab me a beer from a fridge. Um, I, at least I'm familiar with that. I don't know about the two of you and your childhood experiences, but I think that's just a rite of passage as a child. And that's all Brian was doing, because I don't think I have a question. Why do Willie and Kate have beer in the home if they're not allowed to drink beer in the home? Listen, all I know is I'm a fan of Coors Banquets. Uh, Coors, if you want to sponsor the pod, uh, we'd love to have you come on as a sponsor. I would love to get some banquets from you. Yeah, don't only drink them when the banquets are fully blue. <laughs> now, I do want to. I do want to note too that this is where we actually find out the name of where Alf is from. This is how we. This conversation is how we discover where Alf is from, and uh, they also in the process of Kate just trying to explore, like, you know, make up names for where it's from. She drops Mork as a, which was as great. A, I love yeah, that reference. It, now this isn't related. Is it, it's not a spinoff of Mork and Mindy in any way. I or think anything they're, like I think they're just playing on alien planets that are popular on TV at this point. I feel like a lot of Alf is uh, very like pop culture heavy, like a lot of their jokes. And that might just be from having a writer who worked so long with, the Muppets, where it's just like when in doubt, make a pop culture reference, and people will get it. Oh man, yeah, this those, is... those episodes of Best Week Ever featuring Alf must have been insane back in 1986. 
Yeah, this is your classic uh, lion talking about buying a Gandalf action figure for his uh, child in a Father of the Pride reference as well. <laughs> oh God, we're, we're really doing two back-to-back hits on this one. Shout out to NBC. But we find out more about Melmac. We find out that they have a purple sun, which I really would love to learn more about what that looks like. Um, But there is a sudden ring at the doorbell. uh, And who could it be but the U.S. military uh, showing up at the door? Uh, Yeah, um, absolutely love this scene uh, because you never get to see a bumbling U.S. Army sergeant as a character. And you really get to in this one. And I, I think that's a, I think we need the representation that army people aren't allowed to be stupid. He just shows up on their door. He asks a few questions and then it's just like good enough for me. Ignoring the fact that there's still very much a spaceship sticking out of this family's garage. Like <laughs> if at any point somebody got a helicopter or I don't know, a ladder, they would have known. <laughs> or looked up. <laughs> yeah, it, de- it definitely seems like observation skills is low on the list to get to that high ranking of a position as that military officer. What's great here, though, is this is where you start to see the change in Kate from kind of being the antagonizing member of the family who's against Alf to having this real uh, like turn of character. And suddenly she's the one who's defending Alf with all of her might. Uh, you know, he goes from, like you said, Jeff, animal to child and in this split moment uh like member of the family yeah you can tell that she definitely feels some sort of understanding at least a little bit of the idea that like oh he doesn't really have a safe place to be whatsoever outside Mm -hmm. of this home because we hear the two seconds of exposition from before uh melmec exploded yeah (laughs) melmec is gone this speck of dust that's my driveway was uh, what Alf told me. <laughs> because he said, uh, he's from Belbeck, it exploded, and that's all the exposition we get about his home. Oh, you all... You also get uh, it's named Melmac because that's what it's na- That's what it's made of. Yeah. <laughs> so not a, it's a it's a, a beautiful substance. Well, I thought for a second I thought it was all a Superman reference because Superman, famously from Krypton, Krypton exploded, creating Kryptonite. Uh, and I thought that was all what it might have been a reference to. It very if, well could have been. I I feel like from what we're gathering here, this is a show that loves to draw pop culture like little tidbits wherever it can so yeah i 100% think that superman comics played a role in melmac yeah very 100%. much so he starts listing off all these forms of basically torture that are going to happen to elf uh you know uh, essentially exposing them to heat to cold uh to uh injections and uh and what else what what else is he is he doing to, to elf here what's what's the fate of poor elf in the hands of the u.s military I think he said at one point that they were going to take out his eyeballs uh, and t- to check them. Um, to- there were toxic substances. That was that was one of them. We're just going to expose him to toxic substances. I mean, and see what happens. I'm not here to shame anyone's kink, but this sounds like an awful day. Uh, if that was taken by the U.S. military, so I don't want to be a part of that date. Yeah, I mean, they're going to go like full like Gitmo on Alf. Yeah, big time. This is a. Uh... 
uh, we did get one of my favorite uh, exchanges though of uh, Kate saying, "Well, why don't you just take his to- rip out of his toenails?" You didn't let me finish. <laughs> I think Dick Cheney had a hard on while they were talking about this scene, and it gave him a few ideas for a Gitmo. Um, but from I don't wanna, here, hey Jeff, I don't want to have anything in common with Dick Cheney. um as soon as our officer leaves uh he does mention that miss akmanik mrs akmanik was the reason that uh he was there um we do get a scene that i thought was actually nice and we saw the family fall in love with the concept of their little visitor being more of a permanent stay than they believed Um, When Alf tries to radio his friends and family from Melmac to see if there are any survivors, Um, we hear the names of his friends. They all are very much from the Bible, uh, which I have so many concerns. (laughs) Are you referring to Skip, Larry, and Muffy? Yep, those are all biblical names from my Bible. (laughs) Is Jesus from Melmac? We're, we're, we're getting into Canvity Chase Breed territory. He did say, this is my body, which based off of the Krypton, Kryptonite, and Melmac, Melmac uh, methodology, Jesus might be from Melmac. Oh, the, the A in, in ALF is for allegory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you see before you only one cat to feed the village. But... <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I have brought I have brought you an ocean of course banquet and, and a herd of cats for the whole village to eat. So as soon as um, Alf is finishing this, we do find out what Alf's real name is. Now his name is drumroll please, <laughs> Gordon. Uh, wow. Yeah. Gordon Gordon Shumway is the real name of Alf. Yeah, yeah. this guy Alf, I think repairs uh like 85 Chevys before <laughs> like before he crash landed into this t- into this house. Why on earth is a character from another planet named Gordon Shumway? So, as soon as we find out his name is Gordon, I thought this was going to be the final scene of the episode. I was just, you know, silly old me. Uh, But then we get Alf practicing his uh, type five at the dinner table while Kate does not understand any of the jokes, but seemingly everyone but the audience gets the jokes. The fact that the button of this TV pilot is, I've got a million of them. Here's another one you won't like. I have never related more to a character in a TV pilot in my life. Alf is me. I am Alf. I was going to say, how many members of your family, Max, uh, does does Alf describe in this? Oh my god, yeah, this is the entire Singer family. <laughs> And um, that's the episode. We get a nice ending credits where we have the single uh, freeze images of parts of the episode that were wacky. I have not seen that in forever. But I think everyone is really curious, Max. Um, How was ALF made? Oh, please. ALF is actually one of the most difficult to produce multicam sitcoms of all time. What? Okay. (laughs) Hold on. I'm taking notes. All right, so the entire set for ALF on the NBC lot 
is raised four feet off the ground for starters. Why? So do you know the whole thing about like how like at Disney World, the the whole Disney park is above the ground, so yeah. the characters can take <laughs> underground tunnels to get around easier. So sure, that's, that's the elf. <laughs> that's the elf. That's the elf set. Yeah, nothing nefarious there. <laughs> nothing terrible is happening there. Anaheim, uh, a okay. And this basically allows Paul Fusco and the other puppeteers who are working Alf to move from location to location on set easier. There's trap doors throughout the floor and throughout the cabinets and things, so they can just place Alf wherever they need to. This um, is so unnecessary. Alf is voiced by Fusco on microphone, and then he is also doing some of the operating for Alf. He's working the mouth of one of the arms. Another puppeteer is working the other arm of Alf. And a third puppeteer is doing radio control to like make the ears move and the facial expression, uh, uh, facial expressions and things of that sort. So there's a three-person team. Credit to Alf, this being 1986 when they started making this. It looked fantastic, but so far this sounds like a nightmare, and I don't think you're even halfway it done. It's so much more difficult, Jeff. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> so, <laughs> there's more. <laughs> so. Because this is they're, gonna trying be a to, they're trying to make the mouth work and match up with the dialogue and keep the ears moving, oh, they have on. to go back and do a lot of reshoots and oh retakes. Um, typically, if you're shooting a multicam show, you do like a table read on Monday, you do a couple days of rehearsal, and then you shoot it at the end of the week, and then you take the weekend off and go back on Monday. ALF took between 20 and 25 hours of shooting time to get each episode down, which is absolutely insane. Because of that, ALF is one of the rare sitcoms of this time, particularly in this format, that is not shot in front of a live studio audience. That is canned oh. laughter they're using, which is mind-boggling, because it takes a long time into this pilot before we get the first real laugh. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I have laugh track control, I am not making it this tepid. I have come out of the gate hard. I am making people think that I've got a hit on my hands. These are like diminished chuckles at best pretty early on. Oh, man. And then I got to get back to what you were addressing earlier, Rich. How do they do the running sequence? Oh, my God. This do is you like, really want to know? Yeah, this is why... Okay, how I want to look up how many people wait. were impoverished throughout this wait, entire time wait, while wait, they spent like $3 million an episode. Max, before you tell Rich, Rich, I want to hear your best guess. How did they oh, have Alf question. running around? I literally thought, and I really, I really mean this when I was watching this. Do they have an an a non union child <laughs> inside the <laughs> Alf costume while someone else is is running the mouth? Because I truly had no friggin' idea. So the elf costume during the running sequences that you see a couple times in the pilot and in the opening credits, uh, that is an actor and former Ringling Brothers circus performer named Michu Mezaros. He's a two no. foot nine tall actor, and he is the one in the elf suit. The elf running sequences only last for the first season. After season one, they cut out any shots. It... it it's not for a bad reason. They just decide to like cut down the production value a little bit. And so they just work with Alf as like a puppet standing up or like sitting on the couch, but they cut the running sequences after season one. I was and, close. <laughs> <laughs> and credit to Michu. Um, if you do look up his name, uh, he is only credited in some instances as Alf's assistant, um, which is really, you know, this was the 80s. 
um sort of not cool but like hey i love those running scenes he only did two seasons i'm looking at this right now so that means they had to find a replacement two foot nine person no no they they just cut out that entirely exactly so after after they decide to not keep him on they just restructure the production so that Alf is only seen like standing or sitting as a puppet. They stop doing those like wide shots where he's running. If what, you really want to think of it, Michu is very much like the original drummer for the Beatles that did not make it to the uh, syndication. He's the, um, Pete, the Pete best of the puppet world. Yes. Um, well, Max, thank you for that so much. I took one semester of scenic design in my college theater program. I think I'm qualified to speak on this. (laughs) We we spent seven weeks talking about how ELF worked. (laughs) Thank you to those who are still with us. Well, Rich, (laughs) I don't want to close out uh, and talk about the history of the show before we get to Rich's game of the week. I'm sure you have something for us. Hey-o. Here we go, and I, I I took a little inspiration for the the design of this game from uh, from our pal J W Crump, who does a a really fun game called uh, Faker's Dozen, where uh, you have a list of of twelve uh, items and pick out one that is not real. So uh, guys, we're gonna guess which of these Alf memorabilia uh, items are not real. Um, we have number one, the Alf trash can. The Alf Telephone, Alf Baseball Cards <laughs> with Gum, Alf Chia Pet, Alf Branded okay. Beer, Alf 3D Viewmaker, the Alf okay. Candy Dispenser with Candy Shade Cats, and the Alf Video Game. Which of these is not real? The only one that I feel like I can eliminate are the baseball cards of chewing gum because they did release mm-hmm. a single called Take Me Alf to the Ball Game. Oh my God. So I would believe that those are tied together. Um, Why is there so I, much merch for the show? I, I would ask you to read those back, but I really don't want you to. I'm going to say that there was never an Alf telephone. Okay, Jeff. <sighs> Rich, I should have written this down so I don't make you <laughs> replace this. For my ADD's sake and for the audience ADD's sake, just give us a quick synopsis of some of the other one, the other ones other than the telephone. Yeah, yeah the other have, 11. Yeah. <laughs> we have trash can, uh, baseball cards, chia pet, beer, 3D view maker, candy dispenser, and video game. All right, so I'm going to say the beer in this instance. Jeff, you are correct. Oh, hell yeah. Ah. Well done. Yeah, all of those things are available. Uh, If you search on eBay hard enough, you can find your own. (laughs) You can find your your own elf telephone and elf candy dispenser with candy-shaped cats. Not going to lie, every time I get one of these right, I am a little bit prouder of myself when we <laughs> hey record. Guys, sorry, I um, I just blew the entire show production budget on Alf memorabilia. <laughs> oh, <Sorry>. no. <laughs> oh, God. Then we're going to have to do so many ads. So let's talk a little bit about the history of the show as we come to the end of this pod. Um, there were four seasons of Alf. There were 99 traditional 30-minute or so episodes filmed. Um, as well as three one-hour episodes that were filmed. Whoa. But the show ended on a this bit of a cliff. on a special elf. <laughs> the show ended on a bit of an unresolved cliffhanger, so they did have a TV movie made called Project Alf that served as the <laughs> series finale. 
Um, the show aired in France, Germany, as well as Italy. It won a People's <laughs> Choice countries. Award. <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> worth noting that this show was so popular in Germany that there's apparently a German town by the name of Alf and the city sides keep being stolen for it to this day. Oh, that's incredible. I mean, it, Alf does sound like a German name. So I if get we're going to blow our budget on anything, I want an Alf German street sign. Um, <laughs> the show did win a People's Choice Awards as well as a few Kids' Choice Award Awards and received a nomination for Best Family Television Series. Hell yeah. I know that it's not, like, the same Kids' Choice Awards as now with the blimps and the slide, but, like, bringing the ALF puppet up on the Kids' Choice Awards stage is so funny to me. How do you get all that slime out of the ALF? Oh, no, it takes days. Um, so He's going to need so much toilet paper to dry off. <laughs> so you guys might be curious... ALF sort of ended abruptly. They had to do Project ALF. I'm going to ask you, what TV show do you think replaced ALF on NBC? Ooh. Um, was it Seinfeld? No. Oh, God, we're talking like 1991. 1991 then? Oh, gosh. Um, is this getting to the start of Frasier? What if I told you in oh. West Philadelphia, born no and raised? Way. <laughs> no way. So fresh, man. fresh man, Prince my, of Bel Air. My, my man Will Smith just stepped up to the stage and smacked Elf down. <laughs> well, much like uh, Will Smith himself. Oh, I can't uh, wait to hear I this. Alf did release several uh, record singles in the 80s as well. <laughs> there was a promo deal with Burger King where you could get an Alf plushie and like a single on a 45. So oh. Alf released hits like Melmac Rock, which sounds like bad Bruce Springsteen, uh, Melmac Girls, which sounds like bad Beach Boys, and Take Me Alf to the Ball Game, which I mentioned earlier, which is sort of like Casey at the Bat, which then segues into Center Field by John Fogarty, which then becomes Take Me Out to the Ball Game. What? <laughs> oh, man. Who, um, who is calling for all these? Who wants all this ALF merch? It's ALF Mania, Rich. <laughs> it's only Germany. It's only ALF Germany. There's two um, things happening in the in the U.S. at this moment. It's ALF Mania and the crack epidemic. Well, the 80s is when ALF Rock really became big on radio. <laughs> So as soon as the show was kicked off of NBC, it did get syndication on the Odyssey Network as, few, for, as well as a few other channels. What the hell is the Odyssey Network? Yeah, that R.I.P. the Odyssey Network. Um, but there were some other ALF-related things that came out into the sphere other well, than... Well, not to get ALF topic. <laughs> Badoomch. Uh, no. Are you uh, talking more on its ALFluence, Jeff? Oh, yeah. There was a big <laughs> ALFluence, including... Um, there were multiple animated TV shows. There was a TV talk show with Ed McMahon. And I just want you guys to all I'll simmer. talk show on TV land. Oh, man. Uh, Ed McMahon was his sidekick. Uh, there have been conversations in the past few years as well as multiple attempts to reboot Alf. Oh, um, or something correct, with Alf. his likeness. Okay, I have a question for you guys. So I really want to see Alf done as one of those... Um, like live in front of a studio audience primetime specials that networks do now where they take an old tv episode and they get an a-list cast and they do it who do you want to cast as alf cast your the dream family? alf so, yeah so cast your dream alf and tanner family for an nbc live in front of a studio audience summer special all right so 
my practical elf choice would be Nick Offerman. I think that the like, vocal range and vocal inflections, he Damn, matches what Alf does. But my dream Alf, who I want more than anything, and I will work until the day I die to make this happen, so help me God, I want Matthew Barry to play Alf. Oh, man. The all most right. devious bastard in all of New York City. On all of planet Melbourne. <laughs> Gord- Gordon Shubway, regular human bartender. <laughs> I went in a little bit of a different route than Max with my choices. Incredible. So my Why? first choice no is I am one of the biggest Patton Oswalt fans out there. Ooh. I think Patton Oswalt would absolutely destroy that. Now, that is the respectable thing that I could actually see happening, but there's two other choices, and we have to talk about them because they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> One is we've heard the Brooklyn version of an alien from Melmac. Why don't we hear the Boston version of the alien from Ooh. Melmac and have Bill Burr yeah. as the voice of Mel? <laughs> and then finally, I think that's even a little bit too fun. Let's just swing it out of the park. Aziz Ansari's... Aziz Ansari is doing nothing these days. Let's have him and his voice as Alf because it feels very appropriate for a two foot nine puppet to Alf be Z's. having that voice. Give me Alf Z's or give me Dad. Alf Z's, Alf Sorry. <laughs> there will be a Kickstarter after this podcast has been put up for Aziz Ansari to at least do a voicing of the full Alf script, and I will replace his voice myself. Incredible. As hard as that might be. So, gentlemen, we are coming to a close. I have two questions for you. One, could we see a version of ALF premiere today? And two, would you watch more of this show? I am shocked that it hasn't been rebooted in some form on Peacock or Hulu at this point. Uh, and Yeah, I would absolutely keep watching this show. It is goofy fun. I really appreciate a sitcom where every single line of dialogue is just to set up a character to make jokes it's like everyone of the tanner family is lobbing it up for alf to slam dunk with the punchlines. yeah uh, absolutely i would watch more of alf what about you rich i'm gonna have to go with the hardest disagree of my entire life <laughs> I, will, I will put my entire soul and reputation on this line how, how i wouldn't want to, i barely made it through the 20 minutes of this show it is only 20 minutes which means they packed in a lot of ads for this because at, this is the point of like at, of like K, our network television where the shows go 26 minutes plus because they only have so many ads to do I literally could not watch this for another second. I can't understand how you would be okay watching this again. Not only it, it could be made today, it would do absolutely horribly. <laughs> this would be the hackiest pilot that would possibly be available for, for Hollywood to produce right now. Fine, more cores for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I will round us out and I'm going to give a very soft maybe. And let me explain why. <laughs> Take a side. Take a side. No, no centrists on this podcast. We have to land this plane, and I have two co-pilots, so, so we have to even it out. Be the yin and the yang. Let me oh explain a little bit. I could see this 
being picked up immediately if NBC was willing to, to CBS, if they wanted to. If CBS was to say tomorrow we're making ALF in the traditional format, I wouldn't be mistaken. I could also see it being picked up by Netflix, very similar to what they did with Fuller uh, House and some of the other traditional sitcoms that they've tried to make over the past recent years. Netflix is trying to bring back that multi-cam sitcom as hard as they can. Oh, uh, man. You're, so, you're, talk, you're talking yourself into a yes, Jeff. Dude. So let me <laughs> yeah, explain. Jeff, this, is a, this, is a, this has gone from a soft maybe to a hard yes. Real so quick. let me explain why it's a soft maybe. So if this was on Netflix and I pressed that random tool that no one uses on Netflix and ALF came up, I would watch an episode. But also if Netflix had this on the recommended scroll of top shows in the United States, I would pass it so quickly I couldn't even think about it. So that is where my maybe comes from. Um, With that said, I would say that we are split right down the middle. Uh, Please don't split me in half. Um, where can we find you gentlemen uh, outside of this podcast? First off, go ahead and stream Melmac Rock. Uh, make it blow up on TikTok so we can get it number one <laughs> on the Billboard Hot 100. It's going to be the song of uh, next summer for sure. Elf needs you can money. Find, you can find me on all things social media at Maxwell Singh uh, and original comedy sketches from myself and Rich on TikTok at Dadwagon Comedy. And uh, you can find me on Instagram at Damn That's Rich. And uh, make sure to uh, subscribe. Leave us a uh, leave us a review on the podcast if you don't mind. Give us the stars. Give us the stars. Yeah, you can find our podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find me at Run Jeff Run on Twitter and Instagram. You can find this podcast social media wise at TV Pilots License. You can also find us on YouTube. And if you're curious about where to find Alf other than the Forgotten Planet of Melmac, you can find it on almost any streaming device possible. With that said, it's been great having you. Make sure to hide your cats and we'll see you again sometime soon.